Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are here with Matrix Breakers, and there is quite a lot to cover. I just got back into Colorado last week, and obviously a lot has happened since I've been on the podcast or decided to make a podcast. Um, and truly, it's been an opportunity for me to not only enjoy myself personally and kind of get away from all the craziness, um, but also to get into the craziness and to decipher what exactly I think is going on. Because in this very moment, um, call it the stars aligning, if you will, uh, but there is a mass confusion happening all over, not just this country, by the way, but the entire world. And really, the entire world is watching everything that we do here in the United States of America. And so what I'm about to cover right now in this podcast is going to basically detail uh, not everything, but a lot of what could possibly happen under a Biden administration and not holding back, like genuinely telling you not bullshitting with anything that I could possibly imagine that will happen under a stolen Biden administration. And so that's what I want to say up front and foremost. Any of you who are out here supporting me and the work I do and things like that, you guys are amazing. I absolutely love you so much. And uh, I'm very, very happy to be back in the saddle and to just rock and roll and just help you guys understand what's going on because it is pretty crazy. And um, and I'm not saying I know everything, but I, I follow a lot of different commentary on a very, very smart people, in my opinion, some of the smartest people in the world. I will tune in to what they have to say and I'll listen to everything. And so based on what I can gather, I'm going to provide you some of the things I think about the election. Uh, but then after that, we're going to recap a little bit on the election. I know you guys who pay attention to this podcast have, have learned a lot about the election. You've, you've figured things about it and I'm sure you've learned a lot um, in terms of just uh, how elections work, how the presidential election happens, uh, and then how there was all this fraud, and what does that fraud mean, and how do we, you know, stop it, and how does Trump win from here? So, you know, we can go over that a little bit, and I will touch on that, uh, but mainly, I'm going to get right to the point and get ahead, because um, there is a chance that Biden actually ends up going and being placed in office, installed, as they say, uh, what the Matrix would tell you, is that our presidents are installed that's what CIA does to third party or third world countries, not in America, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but yeah, so I actually have a document here I'll be reading from just to uh, kind of make things kind of more simplified. And so I will read my intro to this podcast, okay? With the U.S. 2020 election put into chaos, world leaders are utilizing their opportunity to promote and instill the Great Reset. We'll talk about that. With the media all over the world running a psychological operation on the public that Joe Biden won the 2020 election, these other world leaders believe there is no longer a challenge to their new desperate grasp for tyranny. As Joe Biden's transition team is formed, we can get a clear picture of where our country is headed if they successfully steal the election. The period for incremental tyranny is over. The slow process of gaining authoritarian control over the American people will now jump into hyperdrive. There is no reason for the United States to exist the way that it currently is. We must be destroyed because we disobeyed the New World Order initiation by electing Trump. 
our rebellious freedom loving spirit must be abolished in order to implement the new world vision that was drawn up at Davos and the World Economic Forum and others. We're talking like a hundred plus years of, you know, writings and literature going into what's happening right now. This has been in the plans for over a hundred years and for four years and uh, four years, Trump and other populist movements around the world slowed it down, it being the tyranny, to give the human race enough time to counter this world tyranny. Everything I will be addressing as Joe Biden's ideas, policies, and talking points are really credited to the globalists or communists. So Joe is truly irrelevant and will not be recognized in my commentary. That's because Joe Biden is a shell of a human being and is in no actual control of what would be implemented if he were to be sworn in to be the 46th president of the United States. I want to just mention that, by the way. I don't know why people are attacking Joe Biden all the time or, or saying it's Joe Biden doing this or doing that. Joe Biden is a puppet. He has literally no control. I mean, not only does he have dementia and is he declining his mental health and his mental capabilities, but I almost had a mental Joe Biden fog right there. But not only that, but he is a uh, total puppet of the policies and these ideas that are drawn up in back rooms, if you will. We're really not back rooms. You can just go to these people's websites and look at the Council on Foreign Relations and just look and read these people's policies and their books because they're open about what they talk about. So I don't get how it's some grand conspiracy to say that Joe Biden is a shell of a human and he is not in control at all. There are literal, literal physical and uh, a spiritual, I would even say, uh, and uh, f figurative uh, puppet masters controlling everything he does and will do so in his administration. It will not actually be him. It'll be his cabinet uh, running everything. And they all, from what I can see with my own eyes from who he's choosing, they all come from this exact same cutout of what they want to implement in our country and all over the world. So we're going to get into that. Okay. What lays before us are two very different realities. One path leads us to certain destruction as a species. Since we know it will be the end of America, followed by a guaranteed end to the bastion of freedom that has stood in the way of worldwide tyranny since its birth in 1776. Which, by the way, if you do, if you learn history or like history, when, when we had our revolution against England and we, in this small country of America, the 13 colonies, defeated the most powerful empire in the world, it inspired other countries that were being occupied by European monarchs to overturn that occupation and have their own independence, war, if you will. And so that's what I mean by the fact that uh, 1776, the concept, the revolution, this idea that the individual gets the freedom... Um, will be abolished going forward and we'll move into more of a collectivist model, which I will get to. The other path, uh, as I continue reading, the other path will be an acceleration out of world tyranny. Justice for those responsible for imposing their authoritarian control and an opportunity to establish a form of consciousness that will bring balance and prosperity all over the world. 
What we do in the next 60 days will determine our outcome. We are now in the zeitgeist for the future of humanity. You must take actions that are in alignment with the time you're living in if we are able to be successful. Now, zeitgeist is is really a term uh, coined to understand the moment you're in, the 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 funnel, the the highway, the this uh, this opportunity, if you will, and in this time period. So we are in the zeitgeist right now, where uh, the way I explained it to a friend was really having um, like an ice cube, and our reality is this ice cube, and that ice cube has melted and has become moldable. It is now liquid, and the freezer, you know, is gonna freeze it again. Uh, but right now, our reality being so liquid and so fluid, we have the ability on a mass consciousness scale, call it prayer, if you will, but on a mass consciousness scale, we can tip that uh, scale over to our side because our reality literally figuratively and spiritually is moldable it is liquefied right now so in the next it started on the election really it's been a long time i'm not saying the election was but in this particular moment after the election we have seen this opportunity of liquefying our reality and we get to decide we the people get to decide what kind of world we want to live in and so that's why a lot of what I'm sharing today is going to be a little bit on the uh, more negative side of things, just a, a, like a realist side of things, like a real output kind of look on what's happening. Uh, but then I will entail in that a little bit of hope and a little bit of clarity on what I think could be some possible positive outcomes. Uh, but I will actually be doing another podcast as to sort of how to prepare uh, for what's coming. Uh, this is just going to tell you what's coming. Uh, if that makes any sense, hopefully it does. Yeah, so appreciate that, Ted, for sure. Okay, so moving on, let's go over the election. This is gonna be a little bit of a longer podcast, so if you're tuning in, just bear with me. I've been gone for a while, so we've got to cover a lot, and I'm gonna give you, uh, you know, all the facts up until right now. So as many of you already know, this election is currently undergoing an audit by the American people, not by these bureaucrats, the American people. That's very key because it's us, we the people, we get to decide. And that's what I mean by our consciousness. We are literally deciding our future right now, not these bureaucrats and these lawyers that are involved in these, these Supreme Court justices and these other judges that are going to be overseeing some of these cases, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, because there was fraud, the likes of which are monumental and pale in comparison to any time in world history. We are living through the attempted theft of a U.S. presidential election. And it's not to say there hasn't been fraud in the past. I think we've lived in a world where elections have sort of always been gamed against us. So that's just, you know, neither here nor there. But for those of you listening to this podcast, I'm sure I don't have to get into every detail about how this theft is currently happening. But for the sake of understanding the truth, I will boldly state what I believe is provable evidence of fraud and mathematic impossibilities that are indicative of fraud. So indicative doesn't mean, you know, pull full evidence. But indicative is very close to evidence, if you will, because we look at anomalies. All right, so the number one key point about the election, well, let me just get over this real quick. I was obviously paying very close attention to the election and looking at afterward. I told you on my previous podcast that uh, 
there was a possibility that we would see a kind of a social media censorship purge uh, where we could have all been deleted from you know Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. To be honest, I think they made a mistake. They should have just done that. They should have just gotten rid of everybody because they know your account. I mean, if they know you're if you're pro America or if you're you know communist, so they know who you are on on your social media. And so I just don't know why the Facebook and tech. Uh, you know, Twitter, all these other tech giants didn't just delete everybody, to be honest. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, they should have probably because now that they haven't deleted everybody, small people like myself and others and influencers and in different you know places are starting to figure out that you know the world isn't as they see as it seems and uh, yeah your your life is pretty much over right now uh, and all the ambition and all of the goals and life things that you have and people could say this and that about oh politics is no big deal oh bull big deal oh, we're just you know somebody's the president oh who cares. Yeah, okay, Which after this podcast, you're going to really, you know, get used to that, uh, or you're going to get uh, a wake-up call, because that is not true. What What is happening right now is one of the biggest, largest shifts we've ever seen. This is like, they might as well have killed Trump uh, like they did Kennedy, and uh, if you look at the way the CIA was running ops and the way things were going already headed in a direction, they weren't fully in control at that time. And that's why they had to kill Kennedy. So what you're watching is this, this, this ballooned bureaucratic apparatus uh, so large in comparison to what it was in the 60s uh, that they are in a desperation to continue that hegemony over our very lives. Um, and they're not going to let us go after this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you in a minute why that is. Well, well I, mean, I would just tell you now, which is the fact that when we elected Trump and when we actually had a populist, somewhat populist government, granted there were so many stalls in the middle of this four years that didn't let things happen the way it should have. Uh, but but granted, Trump did you know get a lot done. Uh, but more than anything, more than anything, he was a big speed bump for the world tyranny that we're seeing now. And so he was a part of this great awakening. If we lose Trump, we have to reflect on the fact that uh, what he actually did for us. And you know, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, it is his fault that this election went the way it did. It's his fault. Um, he should have had his, you know, Department of Justice. I don't care about the politics of it all. I don't care about any of it. You know, Trump, if he doesn't end up winning in his legal cases, which I'm getting ahead a little bit, but if he doesn't end up winning in his legal cases, that's um, his fault. It's his fault. He should have weaponized his FBI and uh, his U.S. Marshals, the people who he actually controls too, like really controls. You know, he could have he really just gone after these people and actually did something about it instead of just sitting here trying to fight for his own election. And that's the one thing I think that will really taint his legacy because if he doesn't fight this and doesn't destroy this election fraud BS, then he is a major failure in my opinion because he stood in the way of our elections being honest and full of integrity uh, because he's not doing anything about it. Yeah, these legal challenges might win him the election, but he has got to clean up and make illegal all these software and systems. But anyway, I'm not going to get ahead. So that's my point I'll say up front while you're still here listening is the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like it would be Trump's fault because he could have actually done something about it. He could have actually done something about it. So 
and, and and this is the beautiful part of if Trump ends up losing in in court and doesn't end up being seated as the reelect is in his reelection. Um, the best part of that, I think, will be the fact that it will, uh, you know, we've always known our our elections are kind of rigged, you know, but like to the extent that we saw. And, and anyone, like, even unbiased independent, if you actually did research, so, like, like 90% of people don't even research it. They just, like, don't even do anything or they either believe one thing or another. Literally. I mean, even people who love Trump, they're, like, they're like pro, like, fraud. And then there's, like, these people who just believe Biden actually won and they just go with that narrative. But, but like, that's 90% of the population, whereas I would say there's a small group of people that actually do their own research and have an unbiased opinion. And so one thing I will say is that it, it has galvanized a lot of people to be like, holy shit, we really don't control our elected officials, uh, our elected uh, employees, Ted Nugent calls them. These are our employees. These little politicians that, you know, get driven around with security everywhere. They are our employees. We hired them. We elected them. And now that we realize that our elections don't matter, our vote doesn't matter. Our vote is sacred. It's sacred. And when you take that away, you just think, you just think, oh, these bureaucrats and these, these election officials who are all, you know, Google trends. I'm just getting into this, but it's like Google trends in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, and Nevada. The Google trends were showing the question, what is the punishment for election fraud? What is the punishment for voter fraud? Spikes, all these spikes, all, and you can look this stuff up. The trends on Google show where and how often people were Googling what is the punishment for election fraud. Think about that. In the swing states especially, because it'll happen everywhere, but in those swing states especially, you have these bureaucratic, poll-working you know, vote ballot counting people and some people managerially, if you will, kind of all coordinating in this mass scheme to steal the election and they were Googling what's the punishment. I mean, it's like, dude, so the point is, is the best thing that ever happened to all of us is this election being stolen because finally you thought COVID was going to wake people up, which I think it did in the masks and the, and the, and the whole, and then you realize it's like, there's no, there's really like barely any deaths and, and people are dying of their pre-existing condition, not actually co So like that was a great awakening, right? Thank God for the internet, honestly. And, and again, I'm just saying that, but this election being stolen, it doesn't just disenfranchise. What, what is disenfranchise? Disenfranchising voters and things is saying like, oh, your vote doesn't matter anyway. So whatever, you know, that's like the polls or something saying, oh, well, you're going to lose, you know, your candidate's going to lose anyway. So, you know, might as well just not vote. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm just saying that it doesn't just disenfranchise people. That's like low-level thinking like, oh, you know, we, you know, people think vote, voting doesn't really matter anymore because it was stolen. That's like low-level thinking. No, no, no. You have good old boys over here thinking like this, this high in the air and they're over here like, you're going to steal my election? Uh, how about I'm not going to pay taxes? How about I don't care about anything now that does that deals with government? I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not even going to uh, comply with anything anymore that deals with government because I. You are no longer an elected government. Think about that. That's a stronger statement. And again, those are fighting words. When you sit here and be like, "Yeah, we stole the election. No big deal. Whatever." It's like those are fighting words. You don't just steal. You don't just install people. That's called a revolution. That's called 
pissing people off so much that they're not going to, you know, just wait for the next election to win their net. No, you stole that from them. And so people's second idea right after voting, I'm just going to vote, you know, there's a protest vote, like, Hey, I'm just going to vote for what I think. Right. And so you think that this vote, you know, being so sacred and so beautiful and like, Oh, you know what? If we don't like somebody, then vote them out. Right. That's what we've been hearing forever and ever and ever generations, you know, ago, like, Hey, just vote, vote them out or vote them in, you know, where our vote counts. And, and it's like, well, no, actually it doesn't. We actually have to go get our guns now and actually go make a difference and go show people what the power of we, the people looks like. And I'm going to get to that in in another podcast. So anyways, the whole thing is just unbelievable. Anyway, so look, first thing to know is that election fraud and voter fraud are entirely normal in our politics and actually happen very often. So again, you know, the best part about it is the fact that we're even talking about election fraud. I mean, it's like, of course, election fraud happens. Of course, these softwares and these these systems that are involved in our elections and the process and the people counting the ballots, you know, you know, what is it? Who is it? Uh, Stalin, I think, said, said famously, it's not the, the voter, you know, who counts. It's who counts the votes who counts. And it's true. I mean, it's exactly true. When you have these bureaucratic loser nobodies thinking they're defeating Hitler, counting our ballots and tearing shit up and and, and organizing a, a mass fraud on the American people. Yeah, you kind of kind of can't do that. That's a little much, right? So anyway, this time around, with COVID being a nuisance, we are witnessing the most impressive election fraud take place in history. It is. It's impressive. The mail-in ballots thing, they, they got away with it. I mean, it's, it is unbelievably talented. It is skillful. It is a crime, but it's like one of those like, and I was telling people, it's not like watching Ocean's Eleven. It's not like watching um, some Italian job with Mark Wahlberg. No, it's not really like watching that. It's kind of like watching um, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber, whatever it is. Uh, and then, or, and, or, I don't know, what's it, you know. Just some other dumb show you can imagine, like The Simpsons or something, or, or like, you know, Family Guy, like guys are trying to scheme something to pull it all off. It's actually like, this is like a, a like a Patrick Starr move with the way they did it and the fraud and it's just so in your face and it's just, it's, it's either Patrick Starr or like sophisticated James Bond villain because they want you to know they stole it. So I'm not really sure which one to go with here, but Patrick Starr, Spongebob, kind of, you know, dumb is where I'm leaning, which is just, you just look at all these criminals kind of like, are we going to, are we going to go ahead and just say 138,000 ballots came in here in Detroit, Michigan for Biden? It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, just, just, just put it in, you know? And it's, it's kind of like, that's the criminal behavior we're looking at here. It's not very skillful. It's not Brad Pitt, Ocean's 12. It's, you know, kind of stupid and it's obvious. And it's like, you know, kind of like you robbed the convenience store and you did perfectly until you grabbed a candy bar on the way out and you got real close to the camera and then they picked you up. So you were almost running the fraud so well, but then, you know, it kind of slipped a little bit, right? All right, so... Mail-in ballots. Uh, that's what I was just mentioning a little bit. This is the, the uh, second point I want to make. So how does this fraud happen? Well, 80 million... 80 million mail-in ballots went out uh, into random people's homes. And these aren't absentee ballots. These were mail-in ballots. And they were only in the swing states. It's all in your face. It's in the swing states and these heavily Democratic states like Illinois and, and California and Oregon and Washington and all these other places that were just running scams on everybody. 
and they're like, oh, just, you know, send these ballots everywhere. And they printed out all these ballots and just, you know, sent them everywhere. And then they had the mailmen, you know, all in on it. And the, and the postal workers, by the way, the, like a majority of the postal workers and the postal worker unions donated to Biden's campaign. So anyway, so you've just got this mass, like organized conspiracy just with the mail-in votes alone. You've got the postal workers in on it. You've got it all going down. I mean, it's just, you know, so again, there's just, there's that aspect of it. A lot of people got the mail-in ballots. You know, everyone, all these people did in these different states, you know, they got the mail-in ballots, but they were, you know, saying like, well, I mean, I'm going to go vote in person, so I'm not going to fill this out. Well, what would happen is basically they'd show up to vote and they would say, oh, well, you already voted, sir or ma'am. And it's like, well, no, I didn't. And they were like, well, it shows you voted by mail. And it's like, well, no, I didn't vote by mail. So I don't know what you're talking about. You literally have people writing up ballots and just, you know, mailing them in all these early votes and all that stuff. And so again, that's, that's huge fraud. And then you've got this, like, I don't even know why they went with the whole ballot dump, but in Detroit, Michigan, you've got these mail-in ballots, like this case, you know, going in at four in the morning going in and, and just, you know, being, being dumped on the ground there. And like, they were all counting the ballots after they had stopped counting. And, and again, the mail fraud was, was something that happened because of what I'm about to share now, which we all been hearing about this dominion voting software, um, which again, from the affidavit. Okay. And, and people have to understand what affidavits are all about. Affidavits are a legal way of saying it's a testimony. And that testimony is, uh, being stated, under the risk of perjury, meaning that if you lie in an affidavit and you say, well, I saw this person rob the convenience store and it was your ex-girlfriend and you, cause you're mad at her and you lied to the police and said your ex-girlfriend did something under an affidavit, you actually can be uh, tried for a crime. So when you say something in an affidavit, you better be telling the truth because if it's proven inaccurate or if it's proven like you lied, you could go to prison. And so what we know right now about the Dominion voting system is I've been, I've been doing all this research. It's not just Dominion. It's all the Smartmatic and the software and all this. It really, it's Microsoft. It's just Bill Gates. Bill Gates just keeps resurfacing everywhere. It's Bill Gates. It's Microsoft. Microsoft runs every single one of these software programs that our elections are even run on anyway. Not to say that's a more grander conspiracy, but it's just kind of like, Again, just we have technological giants who running everything about us. They're running our speech. They're running our elections. They're running the soon they'll be running our social credit score, which I'll get to. So again, it's just a lot of chaos. And so, yes, if you look at the Dominion software and if you look at pe people saying all this stuff about it, and if you read the affidavit that comes from the guy who sat with Maduro, the guy, the dictator in Venezuela, he sat there in the same room as Maduro where the literal, the Dominion guys, the, the company was being formed and they were telling Maduro, look, we have a software in place for you, sir, so that in case you're losing, we will make you win. We will help you win. So the guy is like, this is an affidavit, okay, that was written up by a guy who was, you know, a part of that team that was actually giving this, basically telling telling Maduro he was going to take the election and that, you know, just to keep, just to keep, you know, parading out there and running his campaign, but knowing he's already going to win because that's what third world countries do. They just, that's how they roll. So it's just, you know, so we're dealing with the same exact company here in the United States and you have these leftists collectivists, communist-minded people running this software, running these systems, running these scams all over us, 
Okay, you had the other guy from Antifa running it, and it just, it's just embarrassing. America is just, it's just a total embarrassment. And if people are sitting here like, well, there's no proof of fraud, you know, it's just like, those are the lemmings and the people who are just losers. They have no clue about anything in life. They're just, they're not even doing any research. They they just, they watched, you know, the the, the uh, Snopes article about it and or whatever fact checker is out there. It's just unbelievable that we could run. I feel like that Sidney Powell character, the lawyer for, um, which I'll get to in a second actually, but you know, she, she makes a good point. It's just, it's like, yes, this is an egregious crime against the American people that this would, this software would even be, you know, implemented at all in America. And it is, it is, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm not going to try to blame Trump for it. I'm just, just, it's just our politicians, you know, just Republican and Democrat. They're just, they, they, you know, if you're, if you think that Maduro is the only politician that sat down in a room with these people from Dominion and these, where those people from Dominion actually said, Hey, we can help rig the election for you. Uh, you're stupid and probably an idiot and have no clarity whatsoever. Of course, this Dominion software and these ambassadors literally, okay. They're, they're having to go and sit down with these uh, bureaucrats who run the election systems like the Secretary of States and, and, and these different states and, and all these people involved in the election, the commissions and all these bu- – there's bureaucrats. These aren't even voted, people voted in. These are people who just run the elections, the, the whole system. Dominion, the company, just like every government contract, if you ever worked with government contracts or you ever had to bid for a government contract, you got to compete with other people. Well, there's all these other voting software systems, but then Dominion gets all these contracts in all these different places across America, and you wonder why. And they're sitting down with these bureaucrats and these other elected officials, elected employees is what they are. They're not just politicians. They're our elected employees. And they sit sit down with our elected employees, our governors and our secretary of states and all these people, and they basically say the same thing. I mean, they're like, hey, look, I mean, look, if you just put our systems in, you give us, you know, $100 million, which is what happened in Georgia. If you just give us $100 million, then, uh, you know, we'll pay off our guys and, you know, we'll go and implement our system and you'll never lose an election again. How about that? We can guarantee you a victory as long as you come within, you know, this close, we can, you know, you know, get our algorithms to go a certain, it's like, it's like, dude, are you, what? So yes, things like that happen in America, 100%. And the best part of this whole election fraud thing is the fact that people are even talking about it now. People are finally talking about the fact that our elections are rigged. They are totally rigged. And so, and uh, you know, it's just it's just amazing. So it, it, for those people who are who don't vote because they're like, my vote don't count, no, no, anyway, it's, I kind of get that, you know, maybe you were right. It looks like you were right because if you can just, you know, flip these little votes, you know, back and forth whenever you want to, then I guess, I guess you're right. I guess your vote doesn't count. It doesn't matter. But here's something different. Here's the problem with that. Not everybody felt that way. You know what I mean? There were some traditional sort of people who thought their vote counted, right? Well, when you find out your vote doesn't really count and the masses are realizing that, it's different from the sort of independent person who's like, I don't even like politics because, you know, I don't even, it doesn't even matter anyway, whoever, you know, whatevs, you know, hippie kind of mentality. That's fine. But when you get the guy or the gal who vote for their person and are like really put, like really they be, they believe in the integrity of their election system and then you strip that away from them. Again, guys, if you have to understand what I'm telling you right now. When you strip the, the vote away, the sacred vote away from somebody's connection to their reality, the connection to that power that they feel when they vote, okay, 
that power you feel when you vote and now you're under all these draconian measures like like COVID and stuff and you're over here like, I don't like this governor anymore. I'm voting him out, you know? And you all of a sudden just take that away and it's all obvious and everyone can see it. Do you expect those people to just, the masses to just, you know, go get over it and say, yeah, I guess Joe Biden won. It doesn't matter anymore. No, of course not. People are going to be so pissed that they're going to organize in militias and they're going to come and destroy every part of our system because that is what our constitution would even want us to do because these these bureaucrats and these elected employees are no longer our employees. They're just people who are installed because a software tells them that they're installed. And now, guess what? Here's the worst part. If Trump does not win these legal battles, not only is, are, is this software dominion going to stay in America and going to be a part of our election system, probably forever. But mail-in ballots will continue to be a thing in the future. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be like COVID 20 and 21 and 22. So we'll always have viruses forever, by the way, forever. Uh, so we'll get to that. But the point is, is the election, the mail-in ballots will always stay in our elections. And as long as there's mass mail-in voter fraud and then you have the systems gaming it, you know, the, in the software, we'll never have a real election again. But you know what that actually means? That actually means that people are going to be very pissed and they're no longer going to comply because our constitutional government is no longer constitutional and it has no rights over jurisdiction over anything that we do anymore. Once there's a breakdown of our government system, then people are going to revolt and actually create a chaos and create a difference, if you will, uh, because that's exactly how people feel right now. I'm telling you right now, guys, I'm involved in communications with a lot of folk that are well-meaning, well-to-do people. Some of them are influencers. Some of them are just, just anybody's. And I'm just telling you right now, there's this sentiment that's going around of this, this feeling of powerlessness, but it's not like this normal powerless, oh, I'm not going to vote anymore, screw politics kind of powerlessness. No, no. It's like, I'm going to fight for my rights and I will die for my rights kind of powerlessness. This idea that you're ready, you're, you're desperate, you're up against the wall, you're, you're a cat in the corner. And you're going to attack. And so that's where the American people are right now. Um, you know, I've, I mentioned some other stuff. We've got obviously dead people on the voter rolls. It's always been a thing. Dead people vote all the time. Um, statistical analytics. Uh, if you go look at the Gateway Pundit right now and you just go look up the statistics and stuff, just go look at their stuff. It's, it's really hard. They paid statisticians to actually do this research. I actually think they got that information to the Trump campaign, the, the uh, Trump lawyers right now. So they're overlooking all the statisticians, all the stats of what, what's actually what, ha what happened on election night and how it's physically impossible for things like to happen the way they did, like flipping a coin 138,000 times and always landing on heads. Imagine that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the kind of fraud we're looking at. So it's massive fraud. It's not even trying to hide it fraud. So statistical impossibilities. Um, yeah, so the last point I made was just about the fact that if they certify these elections and then, you know, actually put in Biden January 20th, um, he, more than anything, this whole Russia hoax is nothing compared to what we're seeing right now. It's like, even if Joe Biden won a legitimate election, He's a sold out Chinese communist agent. 
and everyone in his cabinet are also sold out to, if not the Chinese, then um, the Middle East, large countries in the Middle East, and Eastern Europe, okay? Like, what else do people need to realize to know that uh, if that government is put into office, it will not be respected at all? And we're not looking like Antifa BLM type antics. We're looking at sophisticated veterans who are putting together real militias who will have a real say in how things go forward in this country. Because you cannot just steal elections in America. This is not a third world country. And you know where they they effed it up? They should have taken the guns first. But they were desperate. And they pulled this election off. They should have just let Trump win. They should have just let Trump win. And I pray actually... That Trump wins, not just because it's good for the country. Um, there will be some rioting and looting for a couple weeks, but we'll get over it. Not only is Trump good for the country, but he's putting in a bottle the anger and frustration that is very real and that is very weaponized right now that could do some real damage to what we would call the New World Order, world government. Because we do have guns still. And they should never have run this op on us, we the American people, while we still had guns. Okay? They shouldn't have done it. But they're desperate. They should have just let Trump win. But you know what? They were so desperate to get him out. They pulled this shenanigan. All these shenanigans. And they made a big mistake. Because we still have our guns. And you know what? A lot of people in law enforcement and military... Trump won more votes than any president in American history... Ever. Now, of course, there's our demographics continue to grow. So saying something like that, it's a little bit ridiculous anyway, because, you know, our population grows all the time. But to have the voter turnout that he did, it is quite impressive. Um, it's the most impressive. And uh, having Joe Biden in this fraudulent 80 million, like 80 million people voted for a dumbed down human being who's a nobody. Of course not, guys. Of course not. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, more on that later. But, you know, again, leading into January, if things are not looking like Trump's going to be reelected, I'm going to tell you right now that there are some very significant people that have real, real plans to take control of our government in a very forceful but constitutional way. That is information I will not be getting into right now. But... It is something that is possible. And I know that sounds revolutionary and that sounds a little bit crazy. But people need to realize that that is what the American people have been pushed into. And if you don't feel that way, yet you will. And if you never feel that way, well, that's because, you know, not that you're a sheep or anything, but you're not really with the times. You're not connected with what's really going on. You'll maybe feel like a revolutionary when things are really, really bad. But you're not realizing what's about to happen. And I'm about to get into that. And if after this podcast, which is already going on a little while, if you're not super pissed off and ready to do something about it, then I don't know what to tell you. Because what I'm about to list out, I'm, I'm done with the election stuff. Uh, but what I'm about to list out is going to be, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, and it's stuff that you may already know, but it may be stuff that's kind of, you know, refreshing. And it may be stuff you've never even thought about before. Okay. Hmm. All right, so 
Yeah, I love it. Okay. People must wake up and realize uh, that this election theft just might be our new reality. There is an agenda that is set forth that all must be prepared for. And here is number one. COVID-19 numbers will artificially skyrocket, which will result in a national lockdown scenario just like we are seeing all over South America and Europe. Businesses that survive the first lockdown will be destroyed in the second, third, fourth lockdown until a new virus outbreak uh, that will finish the full collapse of our economy. Did you hear what I just said? If you're a surviving small business right now, you will not be any longer. You must not comply with any of these restrictions. You must fight in court. You must battle it out now while you have a little bit of money, while you have a little bit of freedom left. We will no longer be a capitalist country anymore. No small businesses will be able to survive the permanent virus regulations. Yeah, having 50% capacity in a restaurant is not a reality. You cannot survive as a restaurant over time with that kind of numbers, okay? You cannot. So that's just one example. We will live under a fascist corporate dictatorship. Uh, sports games. Well, what do I mean by the fascist dictatorship? What I mean is Costco and uh, your, your local grocery store, if it's HEB uh, or wherever you live, those will be open uh, because they will implement the new regulations successfully and everybody will be corralled into these uh, new, uh, or not new, but uh, these established uh corporations that have basically paid off the bureaucrats to lay off on this and they will implement all of these other uh wonderful things uh, which i'll get to so sports games and concerts will be a thing of the past unless you get the multiple not just one guys not just one multiple vaccines track and trace apps masks and here's the key one. If you are in compliance with your social credit score. So your entertainment in sports and, and concerts and all the fun in the world will only be accessible to those who have a high social credit score. Yes. Just like the Black Mirror episode, we are moving into that world right now. So just remember that. There will also be ways to track mass gatherings that are unauthorized so your apps that everybody will have your iphone will have it it'll be like your you know how you have those like stock apps that are already installed on your iphone like when you get it one of them being like one of the health ones you know in there which they've already talked about but i would imagine that apple is going to make that already installed software in the phone a uh sort of a track and trace app and it's going to be like a heat signature. And when you get around too many phones, let's say over Thanksgiving dinner, this is will be federally mandated under the uh, globalist communist regime of Joe Biden. Um, what will happen is once those phones, you're going to have to like literally put your, you have to turn your phone off uh, and put it away somewhere. Because once we all gather up in like a big group, like for dinner, for like maybe eight people or 10 people at your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, this won't happen this year, obviously, but next year it'll, we'll start to implement that. Um, when the 10 people come together, there will be like an Amber Alert system that basically says, you are in violation, you are in violation, you are in violation. You're, you're around 10 or more people in a, in a residential home. You must, you know, 
dissolve or else your social credit score is going to go down. And it'll probably give you like a timer or something. I'm not even kidding. This isn't even like a movie, but this is like the ideas that are being spun right now in circles uh, around Apple and around these other, you know, big tech giants where they're like, oh yeah, we're going to have a system implemented. Well, we'll have a social credit score. And that means that once you can't get on the social credit score and you can't have a high enough score, you're not going to be able to do certain things. You're not going to be able to travel just like in China. You think this is all made up, but this is happening in China. It's already a thing in China. So just remember what I'm telling you right now, okay? And not only that, but these phones and these tracking trace apps and stuff, what they're really going to do is they're going to track uh, where you are because they want to limit mass gatherings. Well, what is mass gatherings? It's called being in a militia and fighting against this tyrannical control. You ever thought about that? So we're looking at legit a uh, a real change in the way people... Uh, and the way people socialize, literally having people socializing, having people even in a place where they're going to have to rethink hanging out. You won't even be able to hang out with six or more people anymore unless they're in your family and you get them all, you know, verified on some app that says you can be around your child or you can be around, you know, your grandma or your friends. Okay. You have to get everybody to kind of, everybody has to agree to it or something like that. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's going to be very, very interesting, but guess what? There's not going to be any, any constitutional lawyer or constitutional judge or, or federal judge or anything to stop it. No, it's just gonna happen, and and when because we already let our election be stolen. So what else are Americans gonna put up with? We're already here, so they're just gonna move on to these systems. Trump was the only thing that was actually limiting this capacity. In some ways, he sort of wasn't in control about a lot of stuff. But you know, when you when you get a Biden communist regime, then you know this is a t they call them the uh, the uh, these transhumanists. And these technocrats, they call themselves the technocrats. Technocrats meaning like using technology to rule. Okay, so again, this is not, this is their own words. This is what they say they want to do. So yeah, I'm going to get into how you can avoid these track and trace apps and stuff like that. Um, how you can uh, maybe just, you know, uh, avoid this, obviously. That would be a really good thing to know. All right, so moving on. Second thing that's going to happen is this. The cancel culture will be federally enforced, not just locally, as it has been in 2020. Social media giants will have unchecked authoritarian power over speech, dialogue, and ideas. You think they've already been bad with censorship? This is nothing. This is, this is nothing. This is just so easy. This is so simple for them. And... Um, you know, really, the, the, the only thing is, is stopping them right now is they are afraid of Trump. You know, these tech giants are afraid of Trump. They think that, you know, Trump can actually do something about it, which he could. He could have done it the whole time. And one of Trump's biggest failures was allowing these social media giants to just run amok. And he never they never did anything about it because they don't care. OK, not that Trump doesn't care. It's just that they don't, you know, these bureaucrats and these politicians, they just they don't care. They don't really they think they can still win an election by just putting a Republican or a Democrat by their name. So they don't need to, you know, implement any kind of, you know, restrictions on these tech companies from just outright banning people for no reason. So, OK. Social media giants being having uh, these unchecked powers. They will track into a database, all of those who are not following the preferred culture. Think about that. 
let me say that one more time. They will track into a database all of those who are not following the preferred culture. Meaning if you said something in a text message to somebody that was that was a pro-America thing or you said something about Patriot or you said something about, you know, America being cool or or how you're not racist. Yeah, you say anything like that, it's done. Your social credit score will go down. They will track who you are and they, they know everything. iMessage, they've got it all. They've got iMessages, they've got everything, okay? Anyone who does not follow the social guidelines will be marked. Those people will not be allowed to participate in the market where only corporations exist, since small businesses will be a thing of the past. Let me say that in layman's terms. All the small businesses are going to disappear because of COVID and all the lockdowns. So one by one by one by one by one. Your favorite local bar, your favorite local restaurant, your favorite local retail shop, and all these little businesses and the little bookstore you like to go to and the little crystal shop that you love and you know, all of those things are all going to come to a very bitter end. And once all those small businesses are all dried up, there will only be corporations left. And all the corporations will be following these specific social guidelines, where if you violate them by causing a muck on these social media platforms, well, you just won't be allowed to shop at your Target anymore. You just won't be allowed to shop at your local grocery store. Uh, you won't be allowed to order them on, you know, shipped or whatever. You won't be allowed to use any kind of apps and Airbnb will be banned for you because you're, you know, you're a marked person. You're an evil person. You're a bigot. You're not in the culture anymore. And it'll all be federally mandated. And so people need to understand that that's where they're headed. That's what they talk about. They want to limit, they want to corral you into this corporate monopoly. And guess what? People won't be allowed to be even be hired anymore. You're, you, won't be, you won't even get a job. You think your LinkedIn profile is going to be the only thing they look at? They're going to be not just looking at your Facebook and stuff, but guess what? Facebook is going to roll out their own social credit score. And, and every employer, these big corporations, because small businesses will be disappeared. They'll be totally non-existent. Not even that's 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 the thing. Like even if the tax plan were to be implemented the way Biden saw it, the way his communist overlords, you know, told him to write it all up and all that stuff. If even a communist tax plan is implemented, then small businesses are going to be over anyways. So it's not just the COVID regulations. Now you have all this regulation, like like an overabundance of regulation. This isn't a this isn't an Obama presidency repeat, and everything's just going to go back to normal. And no, like it's going to be COVID regulation plus these other stupid regulations on top of that and taxes, higher taxes if your business makes 100000 or more or whatever. Think about this, guys. It's like that's going to destroy small businesses for sure. So whenever you're going to go try to get a job, you know, because there's only corporations left, they're going to go and check your social credit score. And if your social credit score is low, then you won't get hired because your social credit score isn't good enough. And so, uh, and, and then, and then the way you get a low social credit score, the, the little, the rules are just going to get bigger and bigger and they're going to, they're going to get stronger and stronger and, and you're not going to realize it once, once it's all in, but you're going to think, oh my gosh, just the mask, right? Well, then it's going to be the inoculation. Well, with the social credit score, it'll be, it's just, it's just a social credit score. Like it's just super cool and super hip and like everybody loves it right now. The social credit score is kind of like likes on Instagram, like a little basic stuff, but a social credit score is mainly going to be like a rating on your human, like you're literally your human being. 
like a rating on a human. It's like, oh, that's a three-star human. So, you know, we can't listen to them. We can't hire them. They're not allowed to go buy crystals at my shop. They're not allowed to buy a book here. They're not allowed to go to the retail shop. They're not allowed to do anything. So they're just going to be, you know, homeless and they're not going to have anything to do. And if they just would, you know, if they could just, you know, bend a knee to Black Lives Matter and maybe they can get their social credit score a little higher. So that way we can hire them. But they have to at least implement this social credit score system. So it's all going to start off these being little small things and then it's going to just get grandiose and grandiose. It's just the mask. Then it's going to turn into vaccines, social distance, don't ever shake hands again, don't be with grandma, no Thanksgiving, curfews at 10. Like, this is what the same thing with COVID. It'll be the same thing with the social credit score. I don't know how it'll start. It might start as just being like, Oh, everyone's like rating each other now. It's super cool. Like I'm going to give this person a four star because they're like, okay. And it's going to start like little small stuff. And then eventually it's going to get into all the little implementations of like, you know, this human is rated a 3.8 star because, you know, they weren't uh, Black Lives Matter-y enough, you know, or whatever. So just saying, it sounds really crazy, but guys, I'm just like, this is where they're headed because they're already doxing people. They're already trying to cancel comedians and canceling actors and entertainers and uh, people's social media accounts where they make all their money. I mean, their own their own life, their only uh, you know a way of making a living and stuff. I mean, they're, they're, people are calling people's jobs at like Whataburger and like McDonald's and be like, "This person's a racist. You better fire them." I mean, it's like, and then people have been fired. Teachers have been fired for saying the wrong things. Uh, you know, people have just been. It's just unbelievable. It'll be selective prosecutions that'll be going on. And uh, hell, if maybe if you got a low enough cr uh, social credit score and you get in trouble with the law, because the laws will be just, you know, everywhere. And then you get in trouble with the law. I bet you you're such a, such a low credit score human that you won't even be able to get a good attorney. You know, because all the good attorneys are going to be like dwindling, you know, so they're going to have to, oh, you're not, a, you know, you're a three star human, you know, you're not, you're not a 4.5 and up, you know, and that's a dangerous thing for our lawyer team. We can't represent you anymore. So again, this is just, I know that's like saying a lot in one thing, but I'm just letting you know that that's what's, that's what they, that's what they talk about. This is what these people in Facebook talk about. This is what they talk about at the World Economic Forum. And, and again, it's not about it's conspiracy because that's exactly what's happening in China right now. Can't get on a train, can't get on a plane, can't get on a bus, can't do shit unless your social credit score is good enough. So you'll think it's a joke. I mean, just look at China. That's, what, that's what's going to happen here. So these same people will be barred access from higher education. So if you have a low social credit score, that's something that colleges will look at now too. What a wonderful thing. Uh, you'll be barred from access from higher education, most jobs, corporate bars, corporate restaurants, uh, corporate salons, corporate retail shops, etc. The key here is to destroy the economy first so that no small businesses can exist. That is the first step of the globalist takeover. So just like I mentioned, I'm just reading from what I was coining there, which is uh, once you have a low social credit score, well, you know, there's a... There's, uh, your favorite local Italian restaurant that's been making the same marinara sauce for a hundred years when your grandparents went there when they were 10 versus the Olive Garden. And Olive Garden will stay around while that Italian restaurant that has been there for over a hundred years will shut down and uh, Olive Garden will implement the social credit score. It's not just going to be about the vaccine and getting the vaccine and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's whatever. 
What's going to happen next is social credit score to where you can't even go eat at Olive Garden because you have a 3.8 human or you hang out with the wrong people and by, and you won't even be able to get on like Tinder or Bumble or whatever, because you'll, you'll, you can't even access certain, you know, people. That's what I say that because that's what's happening in China on these dating apps in China. If you have a low social credit score, you can't date the hot chicks. You can't even swipe on them or whatever. So, you know, that seems like a funny joke to you guys, but you know, it's, it's pretty deadly serious because they openly say that's what they want. And you know, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. It's just like, do you, do you really think like people like who own guns are going to like stand for this? Uh, no, there's going to be an organized, uh, rebellion. So just literally, and, and guess what? That's going to kill the economy. It's going to kill America because we have to go through this. Um, and who knows the Chinese might just come and take us out after that. Um, but, but I'll get to that. Hold on a second. So let me get to this. I've got people like commenting and stuff. Okay. All right. So here's my third key thing. What's going to happen next as COVID devastates the economy and cancel culture is fully weaponized. There will be attempts to establish a national raff, raffle, that's funny, a national rifle buyback program or more commonly known as a confiscation of firearms. Uh, there will be massive upticks in mass shootings to frighten the public into creating legislation that will eventually ban all the guns, just like Europe and Australia. Oh, but we have Republicans. They'll never let it happen. The Republicans are a weak, pathetic po uh, political party in the United States that has been uh, on the same tit of power that the Democrats have been. The Democrats have just been like a more open conspiracy type of type of folk, where uh, they don't give a shit about anything and they're just open criminals. Um, the Republicans are just kind of scared to do the right thing, but they know what the right thing is, uh, and they're scared because. The leftists, collectivists in the country have full control of all of the means of communication and information, and you do see a lot of people getting doxxed, and their lives are ruined if they stand up for the right thing. And uh, yeah, so yeah, of course Republicans are going to pass a rifle buyback program. You know, they might, some of them might vote against it or whatever, but most of them are going to be gone in the next four years because we don't have elections anymore. They're just going to run elections, but they'll just vote out every Republican. And unless the Republican capitulates and just goes along with this new system, um, they'll just be like Republican in name only, but you know, uh, just that'll be the new system. So, uh, I say that there will be massive upticks in mass shootings. Yes, of course. Uh, the CIA is always running ops on the American people. And, uh, it's not to say that every mass shooting was a designed thing, but you know, when you let these people off the hook and you give them guns and you, you know, give them a bunch of prescription medications that are suicidal in some cases, then you're going to get people to go and, you know, kill and destroy people's lives. And so, yes, I believe that there will be maybe about four, maybe six mass shootings in 2021 under a communist regime because they're going to need those, you know, they're going to need that hype, you know, just like they do with the COVID deaths and all the COVID numbers. Well, they need a little, they need to bump up the numbers of people killed with guns. They need to just bump that up a little bit. Maybe get some patsies that are white guys in Oklahoma or something. Maybe get those types of people, get them in on some, some things and mass shoot some Black Lives Matter protest. I've been saying that for a while now, but 
once like Black Lives Matter protesting and stuff and, and it's a Biden communist regime, they're just going to, you know, hire some patsy guy to just gun down a bunch of people, uh, minorities, definitely. That's what they love, killing minorities. Uh, but once they do that, they're just going to weaponize everybody and get them to start killing each other. Um, you know, so again, just that's, that's what they'll have to do in order to get people so scared, you know, that they're going to get, you know, the bad white guy with a gun and they're going to make sure to get those AR-15s, those assault rifles, right? Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Uh, at this point in time, if it hasn't happened already, Americans who are patriots will rise up to the occasion to defend their rights. This will obviously be the final straw that breaks the camel's back. I believe the attempted authoritarian takeover by this point will be crossing the Rubicon, so to speak. Now, what does crossing the Rubicon mean? Well, in the Roman Republic, when Caesar was only a general, he had some of the most you know, successful victories in battle. And uh, after he was done battling these uh, the Visigoths and the Germanic tribes there in what we know of now is Germany, but it was sort of like Northern Roman Empire, kind of defending the northern part of the Roman Empire. What was common in terms of the military and, and uh, uh, with the Roman Republic was that when you got to the Rubicon River, uh, which was like north of um, well, which was in Italy, north of Rome, you would have to formally disband your army. Uh, it was a way of showing respect toward the uh, government and stuff that you weren't, you know, marching an army into Rome, you know, because that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit frightening. And so out of respect and courtesy, you disband your army and you relinquish your generalship at that moment before the Rubicon. And then you cross the Rubicon, not as a general of an army, really, as more as a citizen of the Republic. And that was kind of a way of showing respect. So when I say cross the Rubicon, Caesar, when he was coming back from one of these victories, and there was basically the beginning of the Roman Civil War, he crossed the Rubicon without disbanding his army, which was a direct assault on Rome. And uh, basically, they had to do something, they had to respond in kind. And that's why you have rival rival uh, generals sort of calling to arms, you know, this other army. And that is what started the Roman Civil War. And uh, it was because Caesar crossed the Rubicon with his army together. And uh, very, very, very uh, interesting history. So what's happening now is the globalists in, in this country, uh, scenario have now crossed the Rubicon. I thought they crossed the Rubicon a while ago, uh, but you know when they start taking the guns and they start implementing these these this legislation and all that stuff, you know not only is ammo going to be sold out everywhere, which it kind of is already, um, but guns are going to be sold out everywhere. And guess what? There's going to be a bunch of guns everywhere, and then there's going to be people with guns everywhere. And if they ever did try to uh, take the guns then that will be the final straw that breaks the camel's back. And I believe that that's finally when you will see the regular people in this country fight for their rights. By then, it might be too late. Uh, you might see that even earlier. You might see that much later. I'm not sure. But I think that they, uh, they will for sure come after the guns. I mean, hell, I think today or yesterday, you know, Biden, which isn't Biden, but Biden says that he'll have an executive order to ban rifles. Think about that. So just, just letting you know, handguns are not going to defeat a, you know, federal government. Only 
assault rifles, AR-15 likes, Rugers, you know, rifles, you know, long guns, if you want to call it long guns, just for a short. Okay, moving on. Isn't this crazy uh, that we would actually deal with this stuff? It's it's absolutely amazing is what it is. Uh, I'm, in, I'm literally one hour in, but you know what? That's okay. We're still going. The fourth key point is the climate change hoax uh, will be resumed at full steam ahead with mass media coverage of hurricanes and forest fires, uh, which probably a lot more than that, uh, which will re- be responded to by a weaponized EPA that will regulate gas-powered engines, oil companies, coal companies, and individuals as a response. So they'll get the EPA to start, you know, putting on regulations on all these companies and trying to make all these changes and, and then enacting policies that, again, are kind of like COVID. Just just look at COVID. COVID is the perfect example of a health department totally out of control, uh, you know, and just in all these local localities and, and, and counties and on a state level as well. Uh, that's a health department out of control. What happens when your EPA is out of control? And these federal EPA agents are running around, you know, shutting down power plants. And, sh- and how about living in a third world country? How about, you know, no, not having, you know how much is, you know how much petroleum makes in this country? I mean, I could look at like a couple things that it makes. Probably this, well, this journal maybe. This candle I've got right here. There's petroleum product in there. I mean, how about living in a third world country? How about living with no electricity? How about that? Um, you know, because that's what they're going to do with this climate change crap. And the EPA is going to do exactly that. It's not about... Well, I want to get to that in a second. Man-made climate change is a made-up lie in order to fund a carbon tax to pay the Rothschilds in order to bankrupt national economies and fund the new world economy. Yeah, I just said that. Let me repeat that. Man-made climate change is a made-up lie in order to fund a carbon tax to pay the Rothschilds in order to bankrupt national economies and fund the new world economy. Biden's website already states that they will rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, which is exactly what I just said, which will finalize the full-on collapse of our nation's economy. So if you thought that COVID was going to end the economy, oh, it'll be over soon. I had a guy message me. He said, he said, it's only masks until next spring when we had the vaccine, bro. Like, dude, Talk to me in spring. Tell me if we're still wearing masks, okay? Like, people don't get it. Like, even if the va- even if the vaccine solves all the wonderful problems if with COVID, just know they're coming after you regardless. They're going to destroy you, whether it's, you know, climate change or some other crap. They'll come up with it and they'll destroy you. That's what they're doing. That's what they're designed to do. Just like these voting machines. They're designed to lie. They're designed to manipulate. They're designed not to work. It will begin by increasing the price for a gallon of gasoline tremendously. Imagine paying $8 a gallon of gasoline. Oh, that'll never happen. Yeah, okay. I follow these oil prices and all this stuff too. It's unbelievable, everybody. And uh, I can't believe we're just letting this happen. It's just unbelievable. And you know what? All these people, well, just get an electric car. It's like, it's like, no, coal is our electricity. And they're going after coal. So how are you going to power your electric car if they get rid of coal or they shut down coal plants? Where are we going to import coal from North Korea where they port all their coal and uh, into China? What, 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 what do people think we're going to have to do in this country? Uh, they're stupid. They're dumb. 
They're manipulated. They're lied to. They're in the matrix. That's why we have this podcast. So it'll be, a, uh, my God. I mean, okay. This uh, will, th- so what is the, uh, what is that, what does that mean when you increase the gasoline $8 a gallon or $9 a gallon or $12 a gallon? Hell, why don't they just go full send, right? $15 a gallon or something, right? This will inhibit our ability to travel and destroy our mobility. Think about that for a second. Think about that, what I just said. If gas is $8 a gallon, travel will become more expensive. You're already broke because you have a low social credit score and you can't get a job. If you have a job, it's with a corporation. And since they're going to be enacting a $15 minimum wage, everyone will just get paid a $15 minimum wage pretty much. It'll be like perfect socialism. So now you've got $15 an hour. And so gas is about almost more than half of your hourly wage for a gallon of gas. So what is that really doing? Well, it's it's stopping the American people, if you will, from mobilizing, from going from A to B, from traveling. They see they want you to stay in your home, stay safe, be in a curfew, you see? So if they just if they can't get you to do that with the health department, well, well, we're just gonna have to get the EPA and we're just gonna have to raise the price of gasoline so that we're gonna save the earth, right? So then all of a sudden you're kind of forced to either number one, get off of gasoline um, and then go pay for your electric car. And then that electric car is going to skyrocket your electric bill because coal is going to start being shut down. Electricity is going to be basically hard to get by. The wattage, the price per wattage is going to go higher. So now, oh, you got rid of your evil oil car and now you've got your gasoline powered car. Oh my gosh, you're so good. And then now you're using the coal that doesn't exist anymore because all the power plants are being closed. So now you've barely got solar power to power your car. And so all of this becomes so expensive and it barely even works. But that's what you know, that's what happens. And they, they demobilize you. You're going to have to be – only the rich are going to be able to afford an oil-powered gasoline car. And only the rich are going to be the ones that can afford to pay for a road trip. See, they're getting rid of the middle class. There's the lower class and then there's the higher class. And that's feudalism. It's neo-feudalism, feudalistic fascism. So just think about that. Once they implement the climate change policies, it's the end of our industrial world. And that is the plan and it's been the plan all along. Let's go into war. Let's get fun with the war thing. Uh, yeah. So now, now we're all collapsed or global. We're all in the Paris climate accord and the world is collapsing and everyone's following the COVID protocols. The third world is starving to death. The third world popular. I didn't even get into this. Actually, I forgot to name this as a whole point. I forgot to even do that. Wow. Uh, but I'll just mention it now. You know, the third world populations are starving to death right now. They're becoming so desperate that under our new communist regime, starting in 2021, we won't have a border anymore. Um, so these, you know, these third world populations that have been forced to starve to death by our bureaucrats will now open the borders up to allow the third world to pour across the southern border and uh, finalize the full-on collapse of the country um, because we'll have so many people here. It'll be unmanageable. We can't manage the people we already have. And by then, the third world will collapse into us which is exactly what China would want, which, by the way, has the strongest borders and barely takes in any immigrants, which I'll get to in a bit on China. 
China's got us by the balls. And China's got Biden by the balls. It's just really a national disgrace more than anything. And uh, people just don't realize what the Chinese have been doing and just how pathetic America is. And America has become this... The Americans have, have on average, have become this decadent, low-vibrational, just loser class, this lazy intellectual class that is just... It's it's burdening the rest of the world because of the fact that we don't go out and learn something. We don't fight for our rights because what happens here is a reflection of the world. And when you shut down our economy and you don't allow our food to be shipped to a third world country to feed them, to help them, to industrialize the third world, then the third world collapses. They don't just get inconvenienced. They don't don't get to sit in an indoor restaurant. They just die. And all these people wearing the mask and they're crying about masks and people not wearing masks. People have no idea that the third world is just starving to death. And just like Trump has been saying this whole time, the cure cannot be worse than the disease, guys. So when we have this mass immigration problem, just remember, we caused that problem because of our bureaucratic health department shutting down our world economy. All of it. The, the power plants, the uh, the food packaging plants. I mean, if somebody gets COVID, it's like the whole damn plant shut down. So the immigration is a weaponized, it's called the, it's called the, the uh, not there's, there's the Great Reset, which is, I'm explaining the Great Reset, by the way. I, I know a lot of y'all are hearing about the Great Reset and you're reading about it a little bit. I'm, ex- I'm explaining it to you. What does it look like on a national level? This is what it looks like. I'm telling you what the Great Reset is. I'm just reading you the plans of the Great Reset. So if you're wondering what the Great Reset is, reset is I'm pretty much telling you what it is right now. Uh, there are other parts to it I'm not getting to, but right now this is this is it. It's climate change. It's COVID. It's lockdowns. It's destroying industrialized nations. It's destroying the nationalism and populism in the world, and it's establishing a world government. That's exactly what it's doing. Okay. So because this podcast has gone a little bit long, and I appreciate you guys tuning in, I'm gonna go to the uh, the war in the Middle East. Okay. So. The war in the Middle East, or or war, I'm sorry, this is just war. So, uh, war in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, Russia, and China. So, we will have war there, okay? Uh, Within the first two years, under globalist Biden, we will be deploying troops in in more foreign countries to continue our policy of policing the world. That's what our, our, our military does. They don't defend America anymore. They just go in, they defend the rest of the world, and they do the bidding of what the World Economic Forum wants them to do. So if there's anybody misbehaving around the world, we go in there and destroy their country and kill their presidents and their leaders. We will uh, more than likely be at war in Syria, which will put us against a world power with nuclear weapons, Russia. I've said this many times before, but the reasons the globalist communists hate Russia are plentiful. Uh, now again, people can say what they want about Putin, but in Russia, they don't, they've banned GMOs. They've banned Monsanto. Man, Monsanto isn't even allowed to be there, nor are they allowed to ship any of their product into Russia. Think about that. Banning GMOs. Russia has also implemented a pro, uh, population policy where they're actually paying people to have children. So you get a government check if you have a child, 
Whereas in America, we are depopulation. We want, we want less children. We want more abortions. We want more death because there's these sycophantic eugenics who believe in, you know, overpopulation. So, you know, that's not what God told us. God told us to go out and populate and spread the earth. So, anywho, with that being said, Russia is hated because they're not going along with this globalism model. Now, Russia and China are at odds with each other, but with a weak America, they will team up and destroy us forever. Um, and they will destroy us. You know, America, like I said, very decadent, um, lazy. Uh, we just, you know, we're just going to let this guy Biden take power. It's just, we're just a pathetic country and this is what we deserve if that's what we put up with, right? And uh, what is it? Who famously said, I guess you get what you tolerate in a way. And so that's what's happening now. And I, I know this podcast has been a little bit negative, but it's just kind of like looking at it as a realist, okay? There's some positive stuff going on, but I'm not going to even get into it today because, again, we're just addressing the future. Uh, so we will be at war with Russia. Russia will probably destroy us. China will watch closely as America free falls into an impossible economic decline and dilutes its military forces in the Middle East and against Russia. So once we're at war in the Middle East, we'll be at war with Russia. China will just watch. They'll just be a little bit patient. Uh, they'll have economic war with us and destroy us even more. And our corporations will leave America officially. And they will go to China. They've already been doing that, but they'll do that in many ways. If you want a job, you'll have to literally go and move to China. That, that's, that's what they're trying to do, you understand. They're trying to get us to move to China. And that's why you have something called ghost cities in China right now, where they've built entire cities that don't have anybody living in them to this day. And that's because they want the Western world to collapse. And they are opening, China is opening their doors to having the Western elites from America and Europe to move into China because they want the, this to be the Chinese century. So just remember all these things I'm telling you. This is exactly what. They have been openly talking about, uh, and some, of course, whistleblowers from the Chinese Communist Party have been openly saying as well. But Americans' uh, leadership, American politicians, Republican and Democrat, have ignored this for years. Our military has ignored China, the rise of China, the rise of the Red Dragon, if you will. And uh, it's, it's our fault. Again, just like it's Trump's fault with the election, it's his fault. I mean, you know, he's the one who let this happen. Um, so, okay. Right. When the time is right, in a couple of years, China will strike the U.S. with such power and overwhelming force that our people will not be able to respond. This is after our small businesses are closed. This is after we have a skyrocketing uh, oil and gas uh, prices. This is after we've been destroyed economically in every other way for climate change. And this is after we're already weak and decadent and, and, and maybe even our guns are being taken away. Maybe we're undergoing our own civil war in this country, um, you know, because that's a real possibility as well. Now, we may put up a good fight, but by this point, our people will be so demoralized, poor, and on survival mode that our resistance will be short-lived. Uh, once China takes over the U.S. militarily, we will be officially conquered. Uh, it'll finally be over, uh, which we will finally capitulate. The country will capitulate uh, to being a part of the world government as a North American region, no longer an independent sovereign country. Yes, I just said that. We will no longer be America. We will just be a region of the world government. And that's what they say. That's what they write about. That is exactly what they are saying. So if you think I'm just bullshitting, 
I'm not joking. That is exactly what this is designed to do to us. China was set up to do the final takeover around the world because they were willing to carry out the most sophisticated evil system the world has ever seen. This is why they will be rewarded with having the next superpower status. The world's currency will be the Chinese yuan, which is currently the first national currency to be made into a cryptocurrency. Our politicians here in the U.S. have been made a mockery of because of their inability to understand the power of data and blockchain. Before the military takeover of the U.S., the world's currency will be shifted to the Chinese yuan. And China will surpass the U.S. to become the world's largest economy. The communist Chinese are the most ruthless, violent, and oppressive authoritarian government the world has ever seen. Hitler would be extremely envious of China. So now that America has fallen into this communist world, uh, we will be destroyed. We are no longer a, uh, a nuisance to world government. We will either join it or be defeated. And at this point, we have elected Trump, and so we will be defeated. Uh, if Trump can stay in office and we have enough populism, there can be a comeback. Uh, we can hold the line. But as of right now, if we have Biden, then we will have uh, a sort of American region uh, and no longer an America. So we have to realize that this is all a reality and that this is all coming into fruition. And so it is very scary, um, you know, and uh, I'm telling you this in a very sober way because you know, we all have to get very real with ourselves and realize that if we don't fight for our rights and for what's right, then we will fall into this tyranny. We will free fall, which we are already currently doing. And um, people just aren't standing up and they're not, they're not waking up. Um, and I believe that maybe, maybe this Biden communist presidency can be that wake up call um, where we can put our differences aside because even the liberals, they didn't even vote for Biden either. Like, we all know that even liberals didn't like Biden, okay? So, honestly, it's not going to take very long for, okay, Trump's gone. Oh, yeah, like, let's just, you know. It's not going to take very long for people to basically uh, turn on Biden. Let's just put it that way. You will, we will have to partner with the leftists, and we will have to be aiming our bar barrels, our guns, not at leftists and idiots, but at the authoritarians that are taking over your local cities uh, and the authoritarians in your state and the authoritarians in federal government. And these will have to be, uh, again, a whole other conversation, but this is going to be something we have to do in order to free our republic because it is an unconstitutional government at this point. Everything about it has become unconstitutional. And uh, it, you know, just because they make up laws and they, they pass it through the House, Senate, and signed by the president – it doesn't make it constitutional. There's a vi if it's a violation of the Constitution, it's a violation of our rights. That is, that gives us the green light as citizens to overthrow our own government. It says it right there in our Constitution. So, in conclusion, however the previous mentioned agendas actually occur over the next four years under globalist communist occupation, just know that there will be a mass resistance to it. More than ever, Americans 
will rise to the occasion just as our ancestors have in the past. What is occurring now is a part of an American story that has been relived many times over. Our history is full of many instances where our nation has been on the brink of its survival. The best thing that could happen in a Machiavellian way would be to lose our populist government because it will force Americans to reclaim their birthright by force, reinstilling 1776 as a reboot program to save the world. That is our only option now. Yes, it is true. The American Revolutionary War, 3% of the population fought it. About 70,000 troops were the maximum of Washington's Continental Army. And we defeated the greatest empire in the world. In 1812, with Andrew Jackson defending New Orleans, America was on the brink of collapse while people like John Adams and others were negotiating with the English in uh, Europe about a peace treaty, possibly to end the war of 1812. Um, you know, we will have to realize that, uh, or well, you know, we had to realize that, you know, we were very close to ending the country even then. So, you know, our country has seen its, its uh, wits end for a very long time, but we've always managed to come back. The um, 12-year-old boy in uh, the War of 1812, the Battle of New Orleans, was this guy where the British were coming into the, 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 the corn fields and the, and the farm areas, and they were raiding these farms to, to basically like capture everybody in there and quiet everybody because they were, they were making their landing there in New Orleans. And Andrew Jackson had an idea of where they could land, but he didn't know for sure. And so there was this debate for like weeks, like where the British were just like off the coast of New Orleans, like waiting to land. Once they made their landing, this family was captured and this 12 year old boy was sitting and he was, you know, tied up with his hands around his, you know, back and everything. And these soldiers were checking out the house, right? All of a sudden, this one boy, 12 years old, gets up and rams his head into the soldier that was left there. And pushes him to the ground and then makes a bolt across his farmland all the way into the trees, into the forest. And and the, the British soldiers who saw this, they ran outside and they started to shoot at him and they were missing. Each shot were missing. And the little boy was just running, 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 running. And what happened was as he got into the forest, as he's running, the, the his dog was following him, barking the whole time, you know, like excited, like what's happening, you know? And so the dog following the boy, as the boy was tied up running, you know, with his hands behind his back, he was running far away, trying to get his hands, you know, un untethered. And eventually the dog is barking, 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 barking. And so the British are following him knowing where he is because the dog's barking. And this is the dog that he grew up with. And so all of a sudden he finds a tree that he's going to climb and he literally has to kill his own dog. And so he lands on his dog and he suffocates his own dog, killing his own dog so that the dog could stop barking. And once he kills his dog and it's quiet, the British don't know where he's at. And he starts climbing this tree and he gets really high up in the tree and he watches the British come around and, you know, find, trying to look for him and they couldn't find him. And after the British searched everywhere for a while, he waited about half an hour. Finally, he climbs down the tree and he runs 
directly to New Orleans, where he knew where Andrew Jackson was because he was a part of some of the militia, you know, stuff that, that was going on during that time. So he runs and he says, I have an emergency message for Andrew Jackson. And it's like three in the morning. So they wake up Jackson and they said, General, we have a boy who wants to talk to you. And the boy comes in there and Jackson just, you know, what do you have for me? And he says, the British have landed. They're here. They're, they're over here. They're doing this and they're doing that. And he goes, and Jackson's response was so steadfast. He said, the British will not sleep on U.S. soil. We will attack. And Andrew Jackson got together all of the troops and this huge you know, ring was going around New Orleans everywhere and everybody was freaking out. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. The British are here. The British are here. We've been waiting for this. So everybody gets up and mobilizes and Andrew Jackson was able to go to where the British were on the intelligence of a 12-year-old boy who had to kill his dog to run away and survive to tell Andrew Jackson this story. And then when this military, when our U.S. Army and, and then our with militia forces showed up, the Tennessee militia, which, you know, they're the uh, uh, one of the most famous ones in this, in this uh, War of 1812, and they go in and they surround the British and just start a huge killing of British. And now we took a lot of casualties too, but it was just like a, a, just a, a massacre of British soldiers. And it was right there, right when they landed, they were tired, they were worn out and they were totally destroyed. And eventually it was so dark, there was so much friendly fire going on that Andrew Jackson had to call off the attack because it was nobody, I mean, everybody was just killing each other. And so as soon as they could, the, you know, the Americans retreated and they got back together and the British the next day were absolutely humiliated. They couldn't believe that the Americans would even find out they landed. They couldn't believe the Americans would even bother attacking them because the British still had this, you know, this idea that they were the royal, you know, they could just walk on our soil, no big deal. And they didn't get away with that. And so long story short, that battle of New Orleans and then, of course, after that was, you know, about a, another like two months of battle uh you know the british you know couldn't even get past where they landed on that that fateful night that uh andrew jackson had found out they couldn't even get past it and uh it basically got them to get back in their ships and go away uh so again it's just like it's these little moments where heroes heroes out of nowhere rise up and uh, make a difference so a 12 year old boy who was a nobody essentially a nobody saves the day. And I can go on and on about the Civil War and how close we were to losing the Union and how the Confederates were strong, very strong, um, and how it took leadership to take Atlanta eventually, to take control of the uh, the food that was going and feeding the Confederate Army and, and just all this stuff that happened. And I'm not going to get into it, but the point is, is America has been at, uh, we've been in the crossroads before. And where Ameri the American spirit will always, we don't like war. And so we've never liked the wars we've been in, but we've always realized there's time for war. There's time to fight for the Republic. And I want to say that we're coming up on that time. We're in a political war now. It's a spiritual war, uh, but there just might be a physical war and people need to prepare for that. They need to prepare their stock portfolio for that. They need to prepare their currency, their money for that. They need to prepare their home. They need to prepare their families. They need to prepare their careers, you know, because that's where we're at at this point. And so that's it. That's an hour and a half of me ranting and raving. So, you know, this is the thing that we have to realize. And, you know, going forward, you know, 
this is, you know, when we when we think about it, we are in this period of time and we are we're in the fight for the future of the country. So this is it. Um buckle up and realize that there's a lot going on and that you should probably get involved as much as possible and that you shouldn't just sit on the sidelines and st- you can't you got to worry about yourself a little bit, but you can't be stuck just worried about yourself. You need to come together and you need to realize that this is a time to really do something about what's going on. So that's my message for you guys. I'll be back with you soon. Love all of you. Peace.